This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the last space before... We uh, we broke up for Christmas. Um, so then, another interesting day uh, away from home. So uh, seven games, I think it is now. Um, unbeaten. That's just joining Stephen. There it goes. So yeah, so seven games unbeaten. I think Stoke has had nine unbeaten now, or nine non non one, shall we say, not unbeaten. Happy day, mate. I got a bin yeah. Hello. I bet you are. Yeah, sorry, I couldn't. I couldn't quite. Um, it wouldn't let me actually ex- uh, accept the thing. Um, yeah, two two teams that were very poor. Um, you can see why they haven't won in. Uh, what was it since October? I think at home, yeah. maybe even altogether, we're on a one win in what now eight? I think it's eight under Edwards in it because obviously we won the first one seven. I think it was. Um. It's just, um, it's just really, really poor. Today was really poor as well. Like the, the supporters that went up there, they um, brave souls because two days before Christmas to to go up there, you kind of always hope you might get a result, and you you don't want to miss miss a game if you do get a result away from home. But to go up there and to be served that that level of performance was just poor. Yeah, I think I think I had someone on um, Talksport turn around and said, you know, realistically, it was two teams. What had you could see the lack of um confidence within both, and they just literally played it. The first half was shocking, second half was a little better, but it was still nowhere near good enough. But I don't know, you know, I I, I don't know where where to, where to put the blame, what to say, where to go. Um, where do you say I do disagree with some of the people what are on Twitter where. You know, where someone's already come out moaning, uh, you know, saying thank you to the fans who travelled up there today, like you said, two days before Christmas, eight and a half hour journey, pretty much round trip to watch that. I think, you know, I think they um they need a medal, to be fair, mate. Do you know what I mean? Um, and, you know, to say something, to say, you know, something's embarrassing to thank you, but to be fair, the fellow who said it just seems to slag. <laughs> The team off week in week out anyway, so it, it's got no real meanings. So yeah, 
the, right. the, the thing is with 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 supporters, and it's not just our football club; it's it's every single football club. So if you if you go home and away, which you know the majority of the people that were there today will be supporters that go to games. Um, I would imagine probably every game. Because if you're going to Stoke on the 23rd of December away, you're you're probably going to the majority of the games, yeah. and and it is a commitment. I mean, I've done I've done a few of the way the aways myself this season. I, you know, in years gone by, I've done seasons where you only miss one or you you don't miss any and stuff like that. And it just it, it puts it into perspective sometimes that there's been a lot of talk about the numbers, perhaps for a championship for, for a championship. Side, you know, five hundred isn't um, the, the biggest. It's not the most that, that teams bring away, but it's still a massive commitment. We, you know, and it's one in eight under Edwards. That the the form before that under Rowett and Barrett wasn't particularly good either. And the supporters, they deserve. They just deserve a little bit better than what they got. They they probably deserved. Um, they probably deserved a Maku to to take that chance at the end. It's not his fault. I'm not getting on his back. I'm not blaming him whatsoever. But after that that performance, they probably deserved a little bit of luck at the end. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, there's probably calls for the fact that maybe he should be playing slightly longer and all that lot. But look, Edwards has grown up with youth. He's managed youth for a long time. If he don't think our youth players are necessarily ready to start whole games, then they're not ready, are they, really? Who are we to say otherwise? We might be the biggest armchair managers in the world, but we can't really judge him if we don't see him play like he does. Because I'm sure if they were ready, they'd be playing. No, but perhaps, I mean, there's always the argument, isn't there? And it's massive at the moment with SA and, and Maku and and others. But I think today uh, potentially was, was one game where, and I'm not going to, I'm not against Joe Edwards. I'm really, really not. But... It was so obvious that the plan to Nisbet and Bradshaw when he come on just didn't work. It, yeah. it it just wasn't working. The ball into feet, it wasn't sticking. The, the little flicks and trying to get bit, and also trying to encourage people to get into the game that that wasn't working. So I think today was a game where you, a little bit of pacing behind perhaps would have been the way to go. We we saw a glimpse of it, as I say, we got the chance at the end because of a Macu's pace and been able to nick the ball back. But look, at the end of the day, as you say, Edwards is has got to live and die by the sword. There'll be people that say he's not experienced. There'll be people that say he was the wrong choice. That there'll be lots of things that, that are said. Personally, I don't think there's many managers that were realistically available to us that would be potentially getting um, much more out of this squad at the moment. Um, I, I'm, 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 I'm happy to, I'm happy to, for others to to have an opinion. Happy for others to to come on and say, you know, Nathan Jones or or even um, if if Schumacher was available before he, he obviously joined Stoke um, this week. Fair enough. Like they they may have been out, so they may have come in, but would they have done any better with this group of players? I'm not sure. I think it's a lot deeper than that. You know, the stuff coming out with Husky at the minute. The stuff was obviously coming out through, uh, you know, from the knock-on from COVID, et cetera, et cetera, money, et cetera. I think it all makes, it all starts making sense, really, is that, you know, I don't think the club potentially was in a financial position. No, perhaps, perhaps not. But then why would you, unless the decision was made very, very late on on um, Edwards and, and not going down the, 
the the Nathan Jones route. Why would you bother to 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 interview someone if you knew that you'd have to? Because you it, let's be let's be honest, they, they you would have known beforehand. The trouble is, we don't know who they've interviewed or didn't interview. There's so many rumours flying around that. Yeah, I mean, it was widely it was widely reported by Richard Cowley, who who we're led to believe is, you know, spot on with his sources that that Edwards was in that sorry that um, Nathan Jones was interviewed. So so all that so you see like imaginary and all that you know allegedly and all that lot really. You don't know. That's the problem nowadays. Is that you know it is what it is. But no, Edwards is there. I think the club are looking to go down a youth route. And look at developing youth and bring you through on the on the process of potentially selling them. Um, and I think that's that's the only way really they're probably going to make the financial backing because I doubt if they're going to find another. You know, if it does go ticks over Husky, and to be fair, it was last year with Husky. I think this season, we've got to find a new one. Are we going to get a new sponsor paying the same sort of money what Husky did? Probably not. So um, especially not if we end up going down, but. Hey ho. Um, listen, if you want to get involved, as we said, it is your last round before Christmas. Um, bottom left-hand corner, you have a um, purple mic. Just press that button, that'll send a request through, and um, and we'll get you online. Uh, we'll get you speaking. Um, remember, you can pretty much say wherever you want. Uh, just don't libel anyone. And uh, even if you just want to come on and wish us happy Christmas, or, I don't know, tell us a Christmas cracker joke, we'll do, mate, just... Um, Crack on and get it, or uh, or even just repost our uh, our tweet and go from there, mate. So uh, yeah, it is our last one. So um... on the on the subject of on the subject of Husky, you say about would we get anyone that's going to pay um, the money that that Husky were? Well, if we're led to believe the rumours, and again, it's all allegedly, but Husky aren't paying anything. So you'd rather take a sponsor that's actually gonna that's actually gonna be putting the money into the club rather than than not. Again. Uh, the, I think there's big problems at Millwall across the board. There's problems. The fans are divided. And again, it's not a dig at anybody because half the supporters have one opinion, half the supporters have another opinion. And that's not just on on the manager. That's on the football. That's on players. That's on the youth players not getting an opportunity, um, the atmosphere. It, it's 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 divided. The, you know, Alex Aldridge has, has come on for a few pelters this afternoon on... on the way that the squad's been assembled and his his role to play in it again, he divides opinions. Uh, you know the the fact that that pe- only five that I say only I, I don't mean that disrespectfully, but people are saying only five hundred and fifty travel today. It's just it's just problems. You know you've got the the sponsorship issue, even down to the shop, they've had issues with that. There, there's just big problems, and it's now. It's everything. I think you know. I mean, if you saw, and I don't really want to think you, but if you saw that Liverpool fan the other day come out and saying, you know, football's not the same, but it isn't. Football now, you're no longer a fan. You're only a fan when the club wants you. Do you know what I mean? It's like, that. you know, with Cop coming out the other day saying, oh, we need better support uh, at the weekend. We need better support here. La, 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 la. It's like, when you get the fans and you get the support, you moan about it. You know, if, if there's too many naughty words or something else, then you moan about it. But when you suddenly want them back because, I don't know, you're not getting the right sort of fans, well, personally thinking, you're the ones who fucking created that. No one else. Through B, the football, the way you treat fans, the way you fucking merchandise your goods, things you offer them, everything else, then 
realistically, football now used to be a, well, football used to be a working man's sport. It's now a fucking expensive pastime. If you weren't a season ticket holder and you're traveling, buying tickets, take a family to football on a Saturday, two adults, two kids, going to cost you best part of 200 quid. And then you've got food and everything else. And if you're going away, then you've got train tickets or petrol, et cetera, et cetera, on it, mate. The, you know, the clubs are looking to gain as much out of you as they can. And that's the problem. You know, it is. It, and when you've got, the problem is, is what they don't take in is that when you're going on a spree like where we are at the moment, where we're not exactly winning, we're not really playing fantastic football, you've got a fan base what's potentially divided or fractioned massively, you there, there, there ain't nowhere to go. And no matter how hard people try, unless something turns, it's just going to stay like that for now. The thing is, though, on that, and I'm looking ahead to QPR Norwich next week, ticket sales for the home games this year have been as good as ever. We're, 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 there's more people going into the ground. I know there's a debate to be had on, on maybe who those, necessarily those people are, but the, the people are still turning up to the home games. There, there's just a lot of problems. And as I say, the, the, the club as a whole, everybody is divided. There's just a fracture between the 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 board and the, and the supporters and the players. And it's just one big mess. Um, you know, we're not in, we're not sitting here saying, you know, we're in, you know, financial ruin and, you know, it, you know, it could be a lot worse than other things that have happened to other clubs, but people are saying, yeah, mate, it could be a lot worse right now. Yeah. But people are saying, you know, we need reinforcements in, in January and we do based on today's performance alone. And this is, and I'm, I'm only basing it on one, we need fresh blood in this squad desperately Who's, who, who pays for that? How do you, how do you, where does the money come for that? And I know that the people will look at the board and Berylson and, and you know, they've got to do something. They can't just leave Edwards with the squad that he's got. But how do you, 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 we're not going to bring in, we're not going to be able to bring in, I think, the numbers that we need. So the players that they do bring in and are able to afford, they're going to have to be real good players in the positions that they get because if they're not, well, it's, it's game over. I know it's a bit of a thingy, but <laughs> Hull has signed Billy Sharp. I know he's a bit of a, a Marmite player, but he he can score goals, though. Yeah, I mean, uh, no, I, I think that's a location thing for him, isn't it? Someone like that, he's from the north, and and I'm not saying I'm not saying that we should go and get Billy Sharp, but there's players out there. I think there's a balance to be had between going, everyone's expecting us to go down the route of going to Chelsea and going to the England under 20 players and getting in a couple of faces on loan. I, I think there's certainly a place for that, but there's also a place for maybe a little bit of experience, um, you know, know-how in, 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 in this division or at least in the football league because you can't, you can't just bring in kids you know, this January and say, right, get us out of trouble. It it, it might work, but I, hi I, I highly doubt it. It needs to just have a sprinkle of youth and experience. I wouldn't want kids. If we are going the way where everyone is anticipating we are into a relegation party for next year, then we need heads what can, what can cope. We need heads what can be up for it when they need to, you know, make that difference. And... Right now, I don't know where, what players you've got, what could potentially 
gear up a relegation battle. I mean, you go back to times before where we've been in the shit. We've had players there who can stand up, be counted, everything else. Right now, I don't know who we've got who will actually lead a chance. Because at the moment, we go 1-0 down. They fucking drop their head. We suddenly get second from bottom and we need a couple of wins to get us out. I don't know if the players have got that fucking something about them, to be honest with you. Well, based on today's performance, we're a club that's just waiting to drop to finally drop into that bottom three and accept our, our fate. Um, again, if a Maku scores, and I'm not, again, I'm not blaming him, I, I think had he been on the pitch a little bit longer or a little bit more match fitness, perhaps he would have done better. Perhaps he should have done better, but I'm not blaming him for, for the chart. I don't think he was unlucky. He was on one on one. A striker should fucking score those. I mean, he was. The defender had an hold of his shirt. It was his weak foot. And again, uh, the the reason we haven't won the game or haven't created much isn't because of Idamo Amaku. What I'm saying is is that we had one shot on target or one big chance in the game, and it come in the 93rd minute. And it's a kit, and, and you're relying on a youngster to come through and save us. The rest of the players are on today's performance. A lot of them need to really be having a look at themselves and sorting themselves out because, you know, there were so many times where you, it almost felt like we were just we were just waiting for Stoke to score. And that's not okay. That's not okay for any football club. It's not okay for us. And it's not, it's just, you know, you look at Huddersfield last week. Okay, you can say we were unlucky, 96th minute penalty. Today, a chance at the end, we haven't taken a little bit of it's got it's not gone our way. But how many more times can we be playing teams around us? Because when we played the teams at the top, Ipswich played us off the park, Coventry, who are having a bit more of a revival, essentially played us off the park, Leicester played us off the park in the second half. You know, the teams around us are the teams we need to be win to be beating. And if we can't pick up three points against Huddersfields, against Stokes, QPR, or Boxing Day, where are we going to go? What are we going to do? That's the problem we got, is that if we can't beat the teams around us, at what points that we're, you know, potentially in a bigger relegation battle than we possibly fall off. Listen, if you you want to get on, rather than listen to us just talk bollocks for <laughs> however long we're on, um, please do just press the request to talk. A few of you on here have been on before, but don't buy it. Um, literally, just have your say. Give us your opinion. Um, even give us an agenda if you want. Um, whichever way you want to do it, but yeah, I'm hoping that there might be a Stoke um, guy who might come on a bit and give us his views. But today was shocking, mate. I don't think, you know, I understand that people are probably shutting down for Christmas and all that, but they shouldn't be. They shouldn't have played like that today. They should have had something about them, and they they just didn't look as if they did. I mean, let's talk about Fleming. Fleming looked a, a yard or two off the pace the whole fucking game. He just didn't look with it. Do you know what? I, I text my dad about 10 minutes into the game. There was a couple of moments, early doors, where Fleming had a couple of nice touches. He he won a good header that almost led to a chance for Nisbet and a, a nice turn out wide. And I thought, I said to him, you know, Fleming started quite well and, and it looked like he had a little bit of a point to prove, then just fell off a cliff. Absolutely just fell off a cliff. It, it, it's, it's, it's really frustrating that he was dropped for Leicester and... You know, he he was dropped against uh, Leeds as well by Rowett, so a couple of the better teams. But he comes straight back in, but he doesn't warrant coming straight back in. I know there's other play, like so people talk about Duncan Watmore, and um, you know he can't play too many minutes and this, that, and the other. I honestly would, I'd rather start with Watmore and have a little bit about us 
then and have to take him off and perhaps bring Fleming on then it just and say to him you're not have a run of games where you're not doing it he can give all the interviews he wants to say that he's frustrated and it's not going well and it's not and we all can see that but if you consistently go into work or if any of us listen on this show consistently went into work and consistently underperformed you wouldn't have a job no you, you just you just wouldn't have a job but he keeps getting opportunities what I mean with football players and, and the whole football mechanism, it's because it's not it, it's it's not the real world like what we live in, really. It's it's like the entertainment world. Do you know what I mean? You can pretty much get away with doing whatever the fuck you want and you still get paid. You know, and that and that's that's on top of everyone. That's from, you know, players to people who work on the tills, you know, people who who manage people who you know run clubs, people who run recruitment, everything else. It don't matter what they do; they're still going to have a job unless it goes really, really ticks up and it start. And managers only get fired when the board looks as if it's going to affect their pocket. Other than that, they'll always go. They'll always be there. That's the problem you have. But anyway, look, we have got a message from his popcorn. Let's read out the message. It says, "We need players who are up for the challenge. Someone who wants to prove a point." Who had known success with the team, a bit of fighting spirit. Someone who doesn't care that it's Millwall that should encourage the team then, hopefully. What's your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, but how do you... Uh, the thing is, uh, I, I would say that there's players that play in in this team that should be like that. And the fact that they're not is 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 the problem. I, I do think that you, you, you do have to show a little bit of fight. You do have to show a little bit of guts and courage and there's if I don't want to again I don't want to jump on the individual players back but if players like Danny McNamara Billy Mitchell who have come through the academy who, who've been drummed into them that that fighting spirit if they can't get themselves up for for this club when you know when we need everybody you know pulling in the same direction what chance have players coming in from other clubs on loan going to have? Because it's just not going to happen. I mean, uh, today, again, I don't think it was his best game and it looked like he was really, really tired. But but Brook Norton Cuffey is, is running, trying to run through brick walls for the team. His effort and his commitment is there. But he's a kid on loan from Arsenal and he's putting in more effort, in my opinion, and more. he's given us more than what some players that have been at the club for a while now. And it, it, it's a problem. Is I agree, we do need someone to show a little bit of fight. But if players are coming in from from clubs, say say you get a, I don't know, you sign someone from abroad, you sign someone from the Premier League, what's going to make them come in and give their all when you know they're looking around and they're looking for other players to to be stand up and counted? And at the moment, it's not happening. Yeah, but are they going to count me up? That's the question. Realistically, if you're a lone player being loaned out by a team, and you had a choice between I don't know Millwall, Hull and Stoke where would you go well that that's it isn't it? you I mean at the moment you go to Hull I think they're, they're not doing too bad I don't think many people watching the game today would be looking at sending their players to Stoke or uh or us I know perhaps in the second half they had a few more chances but I don't think they were I, I think that's because we allowed them to I don't think they they were against any any half decent opposition they wouldn't have had anywhere near the number of shots that they had um and that's it. I mean, there'll always be players available. You'll always be able to get... There'll always be signings to be had. But as you say, you know, 
are they the right side? Is it just the, the the rubbish that people are trying to offload so they can bring in players? Is that who we're going to be left with? Because on today's performance, that is who you're going to be left with. Yeah. And and I would argue, I would argue that in the case of Ryan Longman, again, did nothing wrong to the didn't even play today, but Hull loaned us a winger in Ryan Longman to make space for a player they signed for five million from Aston Villa who's scoring goals for fun. So they got rid of dead wood that they don't particularly want and they we're probably paying the majority of his wages and then gone and bought in someone who's actually good at this level. If that isn't if that it, now and at the time it was everyone was saying, Oh, we're slagging him off before he gets an opportunity and this, that and the other. And I get it. We are as as Millwall fans, we do perhaps give people a little bit more grief and we do we do voice our opinions. We were absolutely justified to be complaining about that signing because it's true. We sign other teams' cast-offs that they don't want. Alan Campbell, uh, again, it's different because it's in the Premier League. Alan Campbell, last week, right, Romain SA was left out of the squad because he had too many senior pros to choose from. Now, that says to me that either Edwards has picked SA to keep people off of his back or Alan Campbell, who was the one to miss out, is now not fit. He hasn't been match fit for months and he's been with us for months. Again, it's a cast off that he's never going to play at Luton and, and they must have seen us come in and gone, oh, you, you know, you've let a midfielder go, you need another one. And it's just, and it, it's very frustrating. Very, very frustrating. Yeah, yeah. What you said there, right? Does that go back down to the fact that Aldo is inexperienced in what he's doing? I, I, I would say I would suggest I would suggest yes. It has a lot to do with the fact who is dealing with our recruitment, because anybody could see anybody could see that those two signings are coming in the back end of the transfer window. Whilst they paint them up, to, you know, they do the article and Rowett at the time come out and said, you know, um, you know, Longwood's a utility player and Alan Campbell. We've been in a bar of him for ages. It doesn't take a genius to work out why they're both not at their clubs anymore. Yeah. So why are we why are we happy to take them? Uh, again, we're not going to spend. I think it's Philogene that that hold, but we're not going to spend five million pounds on a player like that. But we are the club that people do kind of think, oh well, Mill will need someone, and, uh, and 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 we can offload offload to them. And it's just it's got to the point now where it's it's caught up with us, and and this squad is now uh, an aging championship squad if if you know i'm probably you know suggesting that not all of them are up to the championship anymore but it's an aging squad in the second tier of english football and they're being found out most weeks and and ultimately um it's a squad that rowett was getting the best out of for a long period of time but unfortunately and it's very easy to say this now but unfortunately the events of the summer and the events of Blackburn have now come home to bite us really, really hard. And we're getting d- dangerously close to suffering the consequences of, of what happened in that Blackburn game and what happened over the summer because it, yeah, the way it's going, we will be relegated. I Yeah, the Blackburn game was still, you know, I've, I've still not got over that. I just still can't in my head I've got over that. Do you know what I mean? It's just madness. How the fuck can you be 3 nil up to lose 4-3 to a team who ain't scored goals in fucking nine months? It's just, it was a joke. But And that, and that, that in itself, that in itself is where the confidence of the players right now, that's where it's impacting us more than anything. 
because that day against Blackburn, we went in 3-1 up, cruising. I know they'd score, but we were cruising in that first half. They Blackburn scored and the defenders, absolutely, the confidence drained from them. And every week when the opposition score, the same thing happens. The players concede a goal and then the heads drop and the mentality goes, the bottle goes. The only time I would say that it perhaps didn't was the... Uh, the Sunderland game, I think when when they scored that penalty, I feel like we we did we showed a little bit of fight just just after that and 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 tried to get ourselves a winner and back into the game. But confidence is just shot to pieces, and you know, I, I feel sorry for I, I just I feel sorry for a lot of the players because they've reached a point now where they know like. Again, Murray Wallace, I, I, I'm not going to, I don't want to single him out because I thought he was all right today before he went off. But Murray Wallace must know that going into the majority of games that he plays this season, that the opposition are targeting him. And that can't be a nice place to be in because he knows that he's going to have an afternoon of the opposition absolutely battering him. Jake Cooper, another one. People just run at him. Today, the fella, I, I don't actually think it was. I don't think he was going to get on the end of the ball, but the defender just run at the, the guy run at him, and Cooper all he could do was bring him down because that's that's just where where they're at as 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 players, and it, it's it's a shame, it's a real shame because we've come from such a high to to where we are now, and the the players have come off that pitch today. The fans will be coming home from Stoke, and there's a lot of people that are probably thinking, do I really want to go on on um, on Boxing Day, are we likely to get a result at QPR? And and that's not what we need. We need people up for it. But if the players are not going to get themselves up for it and the fans are starting to, to kind of go, oh, do you know what? I can't really be bothered. Um, it, it's just a recipe for disaster. No, I totally agree with you. I think it's yeah, it a knock-on effect, isn't it? All over. Um, oh, Mickey, I think I might have lost you. I don't know if you're, you're still there. Um, while Mickey sorts himself out there, a couple of... Yeah, yeah, can you now? There's a couple of other messages um, uh, from SB, Bridport Lion, and after Blackburn, a lot of the team were posting in supposed about caring the world. The teams need a complete rebuild. Yeah, I think I, I, the social media aspect of things has, has come into football nowadays. And, you know, a lot of the players are very quick to post something when they win, but they're not necessarily as quick to do so when they lose. And that, that I think a lot of people were just shocked after Blackburn and the players just kind of you know they have their lives but I do think there's, there's certain um, they, they should have they should have this, this certain like common knowledge to, to think about what they what they post yeah, and, and I think I think a lot of it nowadays uh, there are a few but a lot of the majority of sports people are not run by their their self I mean we had you know, Denor come out the other week saying that, you know, his social media is is run by his um his agency. So yeah, I mean Harry's got Harry Simpson said sounds ludicrous, but do you think the club wants to go down so they can have a complete reset in terms of playing squad? Cav has already said we're operating at a maximum level in terms of finances finances and financial fair play. Um well I think if we go down it'll be harder because there'll be less money. I would like to think that the club that they don't want us to go down, but if they were to go down, that would then force the hand of the complete reset, and then you would probably find that a lot of the youth players would then be getting their opportunity 
because it's easier to play them if you do drop out of the league than than perhaps throwing them into the championship. Again, that that's that's just that's just my opinion. But I, I I can't imagine that anybody at Millwall at the moment is wanting the team to get relegated because I mean it's a massive financial gain for Stan. Yeah, this year. I think there's a ten or fifteen million pound payment for the new TV right. Exactly. Um, exactly. What they need to be, you know, they need to stay there for. Um, and going down to League One, is that I just think that the problem is, is that, and a lot of it is the way that football and everything else drives it, is that they've basically over the last so many years, you know, banning people for foul language or telling you to sit down and being over the top and everything else and all that, not just that we're all across the board. And the problem is that, you know, people who, I mean, I know people who have been going for years and years and years and then you know over covid come back and then just went fucking you know we're not put out of it no more and 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 start you know moving in and then you get a new level of people who are coming in and they're just not the same but the Millwall fans potentially now are not not the same Millwall fans of 15 20 years ago and i'm not saying you know the ones will go out and looking for trouble and all that lot i'm just saying the ones what was you know would get behind the team fully you know fully i mean i think social media has a, a big issue you know i know we're a, a podcast and we we come out with controversial things now and then and whatnot but i think being an end all we come out and we support the club don't we um as in we support the team i don't necessarily think we support the club because the people who are running the club they're only custodians um, it's that badge what we support doesn't matter the players on the pitch or the you know the people who own it or you know the people who run it our our allegiance is to that badge more than anything else in the world isn't it oh absolutely and and that's it uh, as, as you know people often say you know how many players do you, do you see represent the club over a course of a lifetime I'm sure there'll be people who've been watching the club 50, 60, 70 years that have seen hundreds and they come and go and managers and owners and directors and, you know, all sorts of people that come into the club. And, and we just, you know, as you said, social media doesn't, doesn't help things at the moment. And, and as a podcast and as a, you know, perhaps a, you know, uh, an active account on social media that you do have your opinions and people do, uh, will spark up a little bit of a debate. But the majority of Millwall fans or the Millwall fans perhaps that have been going a long, long time and supporting a club a long time, they just want a little bit better. And I don't think it's unacceptable to, to ask for that. And, and and quite frankly, we're just not getting it. Um, I, I mean, everything about, I mean, listen, right? I mean, it's, I mean, I see Darren's on here and, and I'll rent and he knows nothing, but the club seems more interested in a fucking German sausage shack or a choir mass shack than a finding room where we can have a museum. They've got bundles and bundles of stuff from 1885 to modern day. Yet since 1994, they've been trying to get a home within the club and at every opportunity when they think it's there, it gets taken away from them. And to me, that's something what we want as fans more so than a poor having with serves by a mash personally we've got a speaker to come on anyway Stephen um Stephen welcome mate come on come on stop us to uh talking bollocks for a while not my Stephen the other Stephen if you want to come on come in no my Stephen you still there yeah yeah I I, I think 
and that's it, isn't it? There's been a lot of work made around the club, and um, I'm doing. Yeah, go on. Let, let Stadium just come in. Go on, Steve. Go on, Stadium. Take yourself off, you fella. Off you go. Right. So, what 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 topic have you been on? I haven't got a lot of. A... Really? Yeah. We've been on we we've been on the game today. We've been on the state of Millwall in a minute. The way that the the crowd are, um, the fan base seems to be very um divided. Um, just yeah, pick a topic, mate, and and you're yeah, not in anything you want to say. Yeah, me probably just ranting about things you've already t- spoken about. I was quite excited when um, Joe Edwards got the job, although I knew very yeah. little about him. Um. <laughs> I'm starting to believe, and I know all football fans are a bit fickle. Even if you're Millwall fans, we all love Millwall. We're still fickle. Um, and I'm not sure if Gary Rowe, who it probably was time for him to go, wasn't getting the absolute best out of these bunch of players. And yeah. for me, what I'm totally disappointed with more than anything, and when I've joined your podcast, uh, on previous occasions, I said to you guys, and I think you agreed with me, in pre-season, they were playing SA as number 10, and they were playing yeah. Marco up front. And I think I, on more than three occasions, I've highlighted they were our two best players in pre-season. They yeah. never really got a chance, and I'm completely, I don't know, I'm bemused of how this guy, and I don't want to kind of chuck him in the river, although that's where he might end up. I, I'm absolutely so confused why yesterday I don't think he's kicked the ball, or he might have kicked the ball for a few minutes. And then Marco, who probably is, you guys might not agree with me, in my opinion, is the centre forward. Um, yeah. And don't tell me he couldn't do a little bit better than Bradshaw. Or What was the game where he was centre forward and he got injured and he came off? He was terrific for maybe the... The, the 40 minutes that he was on for. And I am so disappointed because I'm watching, I watched Millwall today and I'm watching a team, in my opinion, that when Gary Rout was there, weren't very good at the end. And it might be a hangover from last year. And I didn't believe we can get worse. And we got worse. And it's worrying. And I don't think that the Berylson or Steve Kavanagh or, or anyone. I don't believe they didn't put a lot of thought into this. But the guy's unproven, and I hope he proved me wrong. But at the, at the moment, you know, most new managers hit the ground running a little bit. He hasn't done that. And he's not making, you know, he, he's not making it. Does he yeah. not see what we see? Listen, we're all Millwall fans. Sorry to go on, we're all fickle. Deanne Fleming, honestly, he was worth 15 million. He's not worth 15 quid at the moment. I think he's... I think he comes across a bit like a petulant child, doesn't he? Where he obviously wanted to leave, or potentially with his agents putting things about, if you if you believe the rumours, that it was on the verge, and then obviously it fell through. And then I think you're right with Rarick, if I'm honest with you. I think that if you look at where Rarick's been, he never really stays with a team where they go down. He always gets out beforehand to save his reputation. Yeah. So he can never be sold. So he, you can never say, well, Rao's taken quite a few teams down. He's always managed to get out. And I think that he come to the conclusion where it was just, I don't think we're going to do anything like we did last season with this team. And I think that maybe the board had said to him, you're not going to get any money in January. We don't have the funds. We're going to look at a couple of players, but we, we, we're not going to be able to spend big. And I think he just looked at it and thought, 
I just, I can't work like this. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to, you know, throw my hand in. And and maybe, you know, the mutual agreement is that he just said, look, you know, I'll leave now, give me a couple of months, you know, payment rather than me taking you to the end of the year or, or to the end of my contract because he had a 12-month rolling contract, didn't he? So, you know, um, whether or not he was that or not, I don't know. Edwards, I'm the same as you. Yes, I didn't know nothing about him. Yes, I was intrigued, you know, intrigued and, you know, slightly excited that we had uh, an up-and-coming potential manager. I mean, don't forget, you'll, you'll be able to know. I mean, Steve, um, Steve and George Graham come in as an unknown and look at him. I mean, his first season in didn't do... Didn't do wonders, did he? he? He had more bad times than good as such, but then he come good. Hopefully, that might Well, I, I don't think you're a million percent right there. I, I think when George took over, because I remember going to Chesterfield, we had mm. to win at Chesterfield the last game of the season, and I went to win. I'm not sure. I think he wrote a few, uh, he had some dodgy moments, but I think George kept us up. To stop no, I'm, saying, I'm not saying he brought us down. I'm saying that when he first come in, he didn't he he, he didn't go and suddenly come straight in and, and get top half of the table all season. That's why no, I mean. he was it was fighting around, wasn't it? Times are different now, are they? Oh, totally agree. Yeah, we don't we don't fucking have wingers no more like we did back then. I mean, yeah. you know, uh, you put all that. You'll be sorry you asked me to talk. I didn't get not to get today. The bit the bit of pace that we that we have is probably yeah. what more is pacey. Yeah. It's definitely yeah, we're a, we're it's definitely a, Mar- a Marco. Yeah. And probably Essay. There's real pace there. And he's playing honeyman. And it just I, I you know, just just I know Honeyman tries his hardest, but that's what he does, he tries his hardest. Has he got a goal? He's got maybe a goal, hasn't he, since he's been with us? Who? What more? No, uh, oh. Honeyman. I think he's got a goal. Yeah, and I he's... didn't get I didn't get the first two subs. He took off Murray Wallace and brought on Joe Bryan. All right, Joe Bryan's probably a better player. And he's dropping yeah. this bit for Bradshaw. Well, it's like swapping chickens for chickens. It's, you know, what? There was nothing. There was no changes. You know, no, and I mean, I only think yes, they probably went on the bench today to try and stem some of the, the negativity of what's been across social media over the last week or two about you know after last week when they say didn't even make the team. But this is the man that's picked Roman has picked them FA for the England under twenty one. Yeah, is it not? Is, is he not? Is that the same manager? Isn't it? No, I don't. It's not. No, no, it's not. SA SA was playing in the under eighteen setup, and right. and um, right. Joe Edwards was the under twenties. But the but what I would say on that subject is that when the England players get called up at any age group, they are all sent to St George's, so they're all there, and all the coaches get together, and and whether you're in the first team or the under under sixteens, whatever it is. So he would have been aware of SA or seen him, or at least. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. 
Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Maybe he spoke to the coaches or whatever. I mean, look, Emarco, you know, he gave him a game on Monday for the under-21. I think it was the under-21. The kid scored a hat-trick. He's buzzing. It doesn't matter what level you score a hat-trick, you get it for the, the, the church team, the pub team. It's a buzz. Yeah, yeah. And he brought him on today in the 93rd minute. I mean, you know, I, I honestly don't get it. I, I, I really don't get it. I don't. I'm, I'm lost with it. And I, I hope I'm wrong. It's, I'm just, I, I don't get why. I know we haven't got a player, but I don't know why it's Murray Wallace keeps playing. I know he's not been too bad today, and I'm not jumping on him, but you know, it's not been great in the last so many games. No. And realistically, you're up against it, right? And no, no matter what spot, Edwards is up against it. Surely just throw the dice and go, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go with what people, you know, loads of people seem to suggest and all that. I, instead of bringing them on, I'm going to start with a Mackie, with SA, um, you know, and and maybe um, what more down the side because what more looked as if he was one of the only people who, who could run at people and the run at people a couple of times and just load that front end with pace because I think the the problem being is that the way Rowett played for so long he's pretty much exposed all our players to every other opposition scout in the country and they have sussed our players out and know exactly what to do with them and I think what you need to do is suddenly change it up a bit and just suddenly turn up and have, you know, uh, uh, the front uh, front group of players who potentially can have pace and just run at people and scare the living shit out. Do you know what? We would probably not have a problem if he'd done that and we lost 3-0. I, Do you know? I, I totally agree. I've never said in my life that, um, you know, I can't... I, I'll watch Millwall no, ma- no matter what. But this is getting painful now. As I started yeah. treatment, this is worse than watching Gary Rout's team. Yeah. And, and that I find alarming, to be honest with you. I, I don't. And what, and, what you ju- and what you just said is so true. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'd sooner lose 2 or 3 nil and say, look how we had a garden. We made chances. We were excited. We've waited until the 95th minute. I don't think we... What did we... Was our last game? We threw one all, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. We've... Um, Huddersfield. Huddersfield. We didn't make the whole hat full of chances there either. No. So, yeah, it's just... The... I don't think we've made any real... I mean, my my statement will probably come up, but I don't think we've made any real, like, something of the game all season, really. Well, since... Middlesbrough. Um, Middlesbrough is probably the first one, wasn't it, where we seem to have something, and then somehow we just destroyed it. If we'd have kept up that winning mentality then, then I think we wouldn't have been too bad, but we just seem to have... You know, we I don't know what it is with our heads. Maybe they need a so you know, psychologist or psychologist or something because they their heads just drop. When when we go one nil down, their heads just drop and it just takes them a little bit much. But when you look at the youth team, they could be two nil down 
and they won't stop fighting until you know the end of the game. Um, but our, our senior pros just don't seem to want to fucking do that. Yeah, well, coming back to what I've said, I think that Gary Rowe might have got the absolute best out of a bit of an ordinary bunch. And, um, I mean, I think we were just off sixth place when he left. Is that right? Yeah, I, think, uh, I think we were. Oh, even more known. No, we, we were, I think we were three points off of the playoffs. See, we were actually 15th. It was just that the table was quite bunched up. We were three points uh, off the playoffs. But it was three points off the playoffs. And um, as Millwall fans, Steve, we were all looking at the playoffs. Now we're all looking. I mean, on the commentary, on the Millwall commentary today, he's saying um, Sheffield Wednesday were losing or something. And he said, uh, the, the, whoever the commentator is, he said, oh, that's good for Millwall. Oh, that's not what we want. Yeah, of course, we don't want to hear that. That's not what we, you know, we're looking over our shoulder. We just, mm. it's just, I don't know what's gone wrong. Unless Gary Rout was right. And, you know, he made the absolute best out of what he had. I, uh, <laughs> I think Gary Rowett, and it's a it's it's quite frustrating, really, because you know he, he left us t- about two months ago, and, and yet people are still talking about it. Gary Rowett took us as far as he could. He has a cycle, and that's just how it works. I agree. And that's how it will always. That's how it will always be. For me, the problem started, and it's very sad, but the problem started when we lost. Well, I would say, yeah, it it did, but when we lost John Berylson. Because I I personally think that Gary Rowett was potentially was potentially um, out the door over the summer. I don't think he would have stayed personally. I think that the the news rocked the club. The news um, took away a lot of the focus from the football inside of of Millwall to off the field and what was going to happen and James coming in and you know it was all sort of you know transfers were put on hold and, and everything like that. I honestly, I that we'll never know. I don't think Rowett would have been there. Um, Maybe would have been there personally, and I think it was a case of, you know, all right, we'll give it, we'll give it one, we'll give it one last go, we'll give it, we'll give it one more, you know, roll of the dice and see if Rowett can get us over the line. And when it started to go wrong um, at Norwich, you know, I was there, and it, it was, it wasn't a great atmosphere, and it wasn't great Rowett's reaction and and everything like that. Um, it started to go wrong and he knew he knew that this player, this squad and these players had given him everything that they, he could ask for and they did. Yeah. Like the last few years you can't you can't blame the effort and commitment. We just fell up we 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 blew it, we bottled it and we fell short. Yeah. Um and and I think Rauer on that international break, it was the whole game we drew two two, which wasn't a bad performance considering under some of the ones under Rauer were pretty poor before then. And he's gone away. He's gone to his family and gone. I don't think I want to do this anymore. And I, I don't, and I genuinely feel he would have had the opinion that the squad he is not getting the best out of them. And it is it would have ruined his reputation. And he would have dropped us down the dropped us down the league. And 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 he's he's. I don't want to say he's left a sinking ship, but he has left a squad behind that's just not good enough. And he yeah. knew it. And I don't yeah. blame him. I, I don't blame him. Yeah, but also he he. Didn't have great deals with the players. You know, a lot of the players he never fucking talked to from one week no, to the next. I, I, I so get that. that. Is that a fact? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, there was quite a few players who never really spoke to him. I mean, that, that medical guy was supposed to be allegedly not great either. Um, hence why... I, I get that. Really 
I do I do get that and I understand that there is there's a lot of talk that with certain players and players that are no longer with us that Rao and had clashed with them. But but the problem is is that that may well have been the case, but he was still getting a damn good tune out of them for the majority of the time that he was in there. He was in the manager's hot seat. At the moment, we're not getting anything out of these players, and I'm not. Again, I I don't want to get on Joe Edwards' back. I don't want to I don't want to be slagging him off because I do think he needs an opportunity to at least bring in a couple of players that he wants in this game. We are only eight games in. Remember that. Oh, exactly. And and he's still inherit. I've made a point on the podcast about four weeks ago. Joe Edwards is still working with seven players that were signed by Neil Harris. So it's it's three managers ago it, that they've been here for seven years or six years or whatever it is. He's still working with with a, from a, a manager that played four four two that had us a the siege mentality. Now I'm not saying there was anything wrong with that, but football has changed and the championship has changed over the last six or seven years. And we've brought in a young coach who wants to play a certain brand of football with the players of a manager from from six seven years ago. It's obviously not going to work straight away and he needs time to bring in his own players but the the, the closer that we're at the mid we're at the midway point of the season we're 23 games in after today We've, we're halfway through the season and all that Millwall fans are thinking at the moment is we are going to be relegated that's what everybody's talking about and it's not right so it, it, he does need time, but he's got to find a way of getting a little bit more out of some of these players because if it doesn't happen, come come the end of the transfer window, we, the players that are coming in are going to have to be our saviours and good luck getting them in January. Uh, yeah, Unfortunately, Stephen, football managers don't get time. It's not part of the TV. It doesn't work like that. As you know, from what goes on at other clubs, they just don't, no. they don't get time. You know, no, they, but the they, players do, though, don't they? That's the thing that gets to me. You said the players, the, you know, the board and everything else does, and it's always the manager who seems to be the scapegoat when realistically, is it always the manager who's to blame or is it the fact that there are other, there are other cleats or, or cracks within that we will never really see because it, it's always just, oh, well, the manager was shit. We're, we've got a new one now. We move forward. Coming back to what I said, were you not, you do guys, were you not so disappointed when he brought on Joe Bryan and, um, and who else did he bring on? Joe Bryan and, uh, and. Right now, I'll be in. No, right Weren't you talking about Where's the Marco? Where's that play? I the problem I had uh, the 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 Joe Bryan one I can understand because I think while when Joe Bryan is up to full fitness I think he's going to play over Murray Wallace so I can understand I that I, agree. I can understand that to a certain extent I wasn't necessarily disappointed that it was Bradshaw that had come on I was disappointed that it wasn't Fleming that went off and we went two yeah. up front yeah I agree and, and then and then what you could have done. Is if Niz, if that didn't work for a sort of a five ten minute spell, you could have then gone Nisbet off a Maka one and have a Maka and Bradshaw up front and yeah. give him give him fifteen twenty minutes rather than five. I, I, that was disappointed. I was disappointed with the substitution of um, a, a, of Danny McNamara for Brook Norton Cuffey, and I, I tell you why. No, I agree. That's... I tell you why. <laughs> Danny McNamara is a defender. He can play at right back, and that's his proper position. That's where he should be played. When you're asking him to play as a right winger, it, yeah. what's the point? What, and I don't. I, look, I, I, again, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna single out the players because a lot of them were very poor today. But 
if if you wanted to play Danny McNamara, bring him on at right back and and put a Maku out wide, put SA out wide, put anybody there that's comfortable going forward. But he didn't. He, he and that and that ultimately was that was a bad that was a poor sub. I, I think the the, the 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 sub was right with Brian. I think we should have gone two up front and tried to win the game. And that's that's one of the other disappointing things. Stephen Schumacher on I think it was about fifty five minutes decided yeah. that this ain't working. Exactly. I'm making two subs and and they brought him into the game. Three they, subs you brought one. They battered us. They battered us for about fifteen minutes and we yeah. held strong. We did hold strong. But we didn't try to win the game. All we did was go like for like and just stick to the plan. And, and it's very, very frustrating. I, I am going to, just before we, we, we move on, I am going to turn and have one positive about today and have a little bit more of a positive uh, theme on the next part of what we talk about. Kicking aside, because it was very, very poor, I was very impressed with Sarkic today. I thought he'd come, I thought he'd come, for, he'd come from a lot of the crosses and claimed them. I thought he made a couple of good saves. Nothing, nothing, you know, world beater saves, but he, he made some good saves and looked a lot more assured than what he did at Leicester a couple of weeks ago. 100%. No, I'll get that. I'll get that. I think he's coming into that. Got a couple of questions coming. Um, Brad said, have the players had, have players had a good season last year? Resting on that. I'll, um, I'd love to see the running stats for Fleming, for example, just ineffective. At least what more has pace and tries to make something happen. Um, Harry's got a question while you're both on, and I'll put it to you. Do you think the club will stick with um, Joe Edwards no matter what, or do you think they'll make a change if relegation is a real possibility? Either one of you want to come in to answer that first? I don't mind. Um, I would say unless... We drop into the relegation. If we drop into the relegation zone um, quite late on, I would I would suggest that they will probably stick with him until the end of the season because I, I think all the time you're out of there, I don't think that would ever be a possibility. If we were to drop into it relatively soon and, and it's looking a real danger, then I think you could perhaps see a bit of a panic and, and call in like a one of those re- uh, relegation specialists. I hope... I'm no one wrong. Yeah, someone like that or Sam Allardyce. I'm not suggesting Sam Allardyce would be the person, but you know, you know, they those names that always get touted about when a team's at the bottom of the league and they need they need to get someone in who gets resolved. Someone like that. I don't necessarily think that's the right way to go, personally. Um, I think if you've given Edwards the job, I think you do have to back him. But I do think if relegation is looking a real real um you know a likely outcome come the end of the season i think someone some members of the board especially will um will, will get a bit twitchy because and remember james this is this was the biggest decision of james berylson's time as as mill chairman this is his call he was ultimately the one that that was there in the final interview um if he gets it wrong do you know what i mean it, it it's it's not good for him as well yeah okay how much was it his decision? I don't know because I think there's too much PR fucking bollocks really with Klaus now. Um, and I think they, you know, I think potentially the club put that out there as a gamble so that, you know, thinking that it would go right and maybe didn't expect him not to go as well as it is. But I don't know. I mean, I would like to believe that what we're told is true, but. I don't know. I just don't necessarily believe it is. I mean, look at, you know, the stuff that went on with Danny Mac, what, 
with his contracts a while back, the club decided to throw him under the bus with him, with going to the, you know, putting out a media story about it. And then Rowett said, you know, until he signs, we're not going to play. Again, just put it on there when, you know, players can't come out and have their right to reply, really, can you? So I think, I, I don't necessarily believe everything that comes out from the club. Um, I take a lot of it as, um, oh, that's what it is, really. Do you know what I mean? Unless, unless, you're there in that room at the time, mate. I take a lot of what we get told um, with a pinch of salt, should we say. So, yeah. I mean, not like Stephen, the other Stephen. Stephen, do you think that we're stick with Edwards? Regardless, or do you think they'll probably look at changing him if we get close to relegation? Uh, do you want to know the honest truth? I, I, I honestly don't know. Neither would, yeah. neither, would, neither would surprise me. I think if it was my call mm. and they've gone through this unbelievable process of Three interviews, and I think they must have seen Michael Bill and Nathan Jones, and they've seen a whole load of people. They've got to, you know, they've got to give the guy more than eight games. How long are they going to give him? I don't know. Um, I actually think they'll probably give him a summer transfer, no matter what happens. So I, I think realistically, it's probably you've got to give him at least two or three windows to be able to change the state. As my student said, you know, yeah. we've still got so many players there from Harris when Harris was here. I think it's a bit disappointing as well, and I keep harping on on it, that the kids seem to be doing so well. They were 1-0 down the other day, I think, and they won 5-1. And all and none of them seem to be getting a look in. And they keep going on about, well, Billy Mitchell and Danny Mack. I mean, without being always Billy Mitchell and Danny Mack, they're all right. That's all they are. And we, got, we must have loads of players that are all right, or a bit better than all right. It does worry you, though, doesn't it? When you've got you've got players like them, what can be, you know, when you play them in their proper positions, they are they are okay. Yet it does make you wonder about the development within yeah. during Rowett's time that players like that never seem to move forward. No, or we yeah. just we don't have an understanding of them, and we keep playing them out of position. You know, like trying to make Danny Mac play in the right wing. He's just fucking stupid. Why? Why do that when everyone knows that he's a he's a right back, he's a defender, and we can play him well, and he has good games there. Yet we always just try and play him as a right wing when he can't play that. You know, he knows Bendel's quite right. He can, he's a right. Do you know what? And I, I, we can't have a go at everyone because they've all been a bit disappointing. Every player. And you know what? I know how hard George Savile tries. I don't know if you remember in his first spell with us. I've always said any midfield player that can get double figures is a real big asset, like Jan Fleming was last year. Stephen might know the answer. I know that I, I believe that George Savile in his first season with us, that first season, he got double digit goal, um, goals, didn't he, from midfield? Mm. Am I right? Yes, he would. I think I think it was eleven. That yeah, he well, he got. I've got, I've got that. I can check that. But I think it, off the top of my head, I think it was eleven. Now he's still playing in midfield. So is it not the same George Savile? Has he got a slightly different midfield role? I mean, he was getting when he got sold to Middlesbrough for what was it, seven million quid or something? Yeah, that was on the yeah. back of his eleven goals. Yeah, so yeah. I don't know whether maybe we've had the best out of George Savile. Like maybe. As, as Stephen said, and, and you guys have said that, you know, Seven and Neil Harris's t- team. And again, what I keep repeating, Gary Rout got the best of what he could out of them. So, no, listen, probably, we probably need a, a major, major, major clear out. 
No, but I'm telling you, well, we got we got a Dutch correspondent, uh, one of the um, the fourteen lads who um, who follow us, who's come on to speak, and hopefully he's going to give us a bit of an update of um, this other fortuna player we've been rumoured and looking at, and maybe he might be able to tell us a bit more about Fleming because I suspect Fleming's probably spoken to the Dutch media more than the uh, the British media. Welcome to the show, fellow. What do you want to say? Uh, nothing. Uh, no. Uh... First of all, thank you for having me. And second, I didn't hear anything from Fleming in the media so far. I was okay. just asking you that no. because I see he's getting stopped off a lot and don't get as much as goals as he used to. It just doesn't seem to be, yeah, personally speaking, I just don't think he's that, it doesn't seem to be either that interested or he doesn't seem happy in a minute. Well, it's a bit uh, like the second season at us, I think. He, uh, um, the first season at us, he was amazing and... The second season, he started really slow, uh, but in the second half of the season, he completely reversed that and became even better than he was. So I'm hoping he is the, uh, he's doing the same at Millwall at the moment. Well, fingers crossed you're right there. I mean, what's the, um, the other lad who obviously did that? He did some YouTuber um, show, didn't he? Some football YouTube. Did Johnny Nusslin? Yes. What, what can you tell us about him? Because all our fans are... Oh, Oh, obviously, looking at him. I mean, some of the clips out there, he doesn't look great. He, he doesn't seem to have a great scoring record. But what sort of player and, and are the rumours, do you think he's going to end up potentially coming to us? Because he seems to want to, doesn't he? Uh, he really wants to go to Millwall uh, because, uh, first of all, it's Ian Fleming. And second of all, uh, he likes uh, London. So then Millwall is a great uh, team for him. But I don't think Fortuna is going, uh, going to let him... Uh, go this uh, winter because uh, he started also really slow and uh, picked up an injury but now he's uh, having a new position bits uh, a false nine and on the right side of the field so he's getting a lot of freedom and uh, it's doing good because uh, he scored against Eindhoven now and uh, against RKC and Vitesse so uh, he's really picking up his goals. What sort of what sort of money do you think he want to go for? Uh, I think if you really want him this winter, it's going to be two million because we already uh, rejected a bit of one million this in the summer of Millwall. Right, I've got yeah. So yeah, so fingers fingers crossed, possibly. But I just don't. I don't know. I mean, my Stephen, I don't think we'll be looking at. I don't think we're going to do two mil for him. Do you? No, no chance. We yeah. It'll be, it will be, it'll be loans. Um, it'll be loans, and and that'll be about it. If we can get a free transfer, perhaps I don't, you know, perhaps if there's anyone that's a, that's released or something, but nowhere near two million. Um, if you do want to come in, then do press the the mic button. Um, we are looking to close up shortly. Um, Phil Clark, you're on there, mate. Do you want to come on and have a run? You were there to stay, mate. Um. One of the 500 and so we travelled, so... Um, but yeah. what, what's happening to Millwall right now? Because last season they were uh, fighting for promotion and now they're fighting against relegation. What's happened? Uh, it's a good question. Um, and it's a question I think each and every one of us is, is trying to find the answer to. But at the moment... Um, 
I don't really have it. Go on. Gary Gary Rowett got the best out of this out of that squad of players last year. I, I I'm not saying that other managers perhaps wouldn't have been able to, but he got them playing from I would say probably from mid to end of September to at least March. He had them players playing above and beyond their, their maximum capability. And after March, whether it was we run out of steam, whether we panicked, whether whatever it was that the form the form dipped. Um, I think, as I said, and I don't, I don't, you know, people I keep banging on about the same things. We've got players that have been at the football club for three managers now. Barrett is a fourth if you include his his spells in in temporary charge. Um, players that have been great servants to the club but have probably reached a, a point in their careers that it's just not they're not able to to consistently perform at the ability and at the level that they were and and there's too many of them in the squad at the moment um and unfortunately all of those things added together mean that you you've you've had you've had relative success um I don't want to sort of say that finishing eighth and, and blowing the playoffs on the final day of the season is success, but it relatively is for a club of our size. You know, the underdog punching above our weight, but unfortunately you get found out. And once you do get found out and players get found out, like, for example, uh, Murray Wallace, um, Jake Cooper to a certain extent, although I thought he was okay today, when players get found out and they get targeted, then opposition, opposition, you know, opposition players can, can tear them apart. I think last year we had Tom Bradshaw and Zian Fleming, who again, um, Bradshaw had the best season of his career, I think, in the championship. I don't want to say it was lucky, but it does appear to be that way. And Fleming was an unknown quantity. He come in and was absolutely superb. But unfortunately, like Neil Warnock did last year at, against Huddersfield at home, he man-marked him out of the game. And since that day... Deanne Fleming just hasn't been the same. Maybe his head was turned in the summer. I don't know. But there's a lot of factors that, that go into to where we are at the moment. But for me, it's unfortunately the squad has just run out of steam or too many of the players have run out of steam and we've got too many of them on the books. Possibility that Ian Fleming is going to leave in the winter? Uh, I don't think he will leave in the winter on the basis that I don't think there'll be many clubs that are queuing up to buy him at the moment in the form that he's in. I know they will look at last year and I know that perhaps that's to, you know, people say if he was playing in a different team, et cetera, et cetera. But I I I don't think he'll I don't think he'll 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 leave in, in the January transfer window unless someone comes in with a reasonable offer and we will think we can invest that money into into a couple of players that might be able to get us out of trouble I don't think we would actively be looking to sell him okay okay and maybe Dutch teams but I don't know which one will use him maybe Ajax yeah I mean if if obviously if a Dutch team was to, was to come in for I mean his dream is always potential and what we understand has been to, to reach the Premier League so would going back to Holland give him the best opportunity to do that? I don't know. Maybe his opportunity was last summer, but I, I think I certainly don't think they'll, I, I'm not sure we would actually be actively looking to sell him. But if someone come in and give us a, a reasonable or what the club feel a reasonable offer, um, he, he may go there. But I, as it stands and the way that he's been playing, I'm not sure many clubs are going to be, be queuing up for him. Okay. Um, I think... That Raymondo um, has 
joint to try and speak. Um, if you want to unmute yourself and join the show. Hello, mate. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, all good. Right, yeah, sorry. I'm not trying not to, like, rant, but um, I agree with you that Rowick probably got the best out of the squad that we've got the last couple of years, but a lot of us wanted a change because... It was boring, right? It was boring to go and watch. He went into games. We 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 sort of like we we got no we 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 crap, right? We 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 our players. We're not we're not a, a passing team, you know. We got players like Wallace and Cooper, you know. We sort of like lump it up the pitch. That's what we are. He sort of got the best out of them, but we've seen for the last sort of season and a half, Murray Wallace is finished, um, but he still gets played every week. Now, I think I come on here before and I was all up for a change and I wanted someone young, someone fresh. I didn't want Gary Monk or fucking Pulis or any of them tired old faces. I wanted someone young, Ryan Mason, someone like that, someone with connections at a big club who could come in because realistically, the only way we're ever going to get anywhere is if we we not got the money. We have a, a crop of sort of like a few youngsters and then they act. They happen to get lucky with a few loans and we end up with sort of like four, five, six players, you know, that that get us somewhere. Other than that, we're, ne we're never going to, you know, we're never going to bad buy our way up into the playoffs and all that. Um, and so he was exactly the sort of manager, I, you know, and I thought, right, he's going to come in, you know, he's going to build the team around SA. He's going to, you know, he's going to like see the, the potential there. He's going to, he's going to play him, you know, like, yeah, and and it's just not happening. And what I'm reading all this stuff about, well, you know, oh, he's got to learn to track back and all this. And and it's just it's 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 just doing my head in. Um, like it's 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 nonsense. I mean that you know, play him in a ten in the in the preseason games. He was playing in a midfield too, right? And he he was playing well. And people were going, oh, but it was only Gillingham or it was only Sutton. He was brilliant. He was brilliant. Exactly. And there and there he can't play in a ten. I mean, he's been playing he's been playing in the first team on and off since um about a year ago, wasn't it? It was in the it was in the World Cup break. He, he first time I see him was in that friendly um against whoever it was against, um at the den. And then he then after that he, he was on the bench every week until the last few games of the season where he was dropped for the experience of Tyler Bury, right? So, this, you know, we know how that ended. Um, but this season, obviously, he got the winner on the first day. Right, so supposedly, this 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 thing that's been put out, this narrative that's been put out from that Paul Robinson interview on that podcast a few weeks ago was that, oh, yeah, he's got all the talent in the world, but he just needs to learn, like, to track back. So that's that's the narrative that put out. But isn't it funny that the one game this season that he actually started the game was Norwich away, where he was he was asked to mark and inform Johnny Rowe at a ground that we never ever win at. Other than that, <laughs> other than that, all he's been given, he gets brought on when we're two and three nil down, yeah, and and the other team or we're one nil down to a team that's like sitting back, and it, and people expect him to come on and work miracles. Give the lad a chance. So, I mean, play him as a, as a 10, and I know that means dropping Fleming. Play him as a 10, put a Maku on the left and Norton Cuffey on the right. Give him people, give him runners. He, 
like I can see, I'm not saying he's fucking messy, but I can see that he's got he's got something. He's got something that none of our other players have got. He picks the ball up, he skips past people. You know, he's he looks he's looking forward. He's looking to make things happen. But you know, you know, and then we got idiots that want him fucking loaned out to a League One club. So yeah, I'm just a bit dismayed. And the thing is, the last five or six games, we've played the same team, the same shit players, Honeyman, Longman, who offer nothing, but they run around a lot. Do you know what I mean? Um, and, and we're not scoring goals. We don't look in the slightest bit dangerous. And and yet they can't get a game. Sorry, let's go on. A million percent right. Uh, 100 million percent. What I would say... What I would say, I've, I, and I'm, I stick by what I'd said about loaning SA out on the basis that if Joe Edwards or the club or whoever's making the decision doesn't feel that he's good enough for the championship or doesn't feel that he's going to get game time in the championship, that is when you need to loan him out. I'm not saying that we should actively. I'm not. I'm not saying that I would. I would want that to happen because I would like him to have an opportunity. But if he's not going to play, you might as well get him out to and, and play in first team football somewhere else, and then and then go and buy it or loan someone that is going to play. I, I do agree that the the tracking back issue is um, is something that I do find quite baffling. I think. The fact that people have also mentioned that he's, you know, the 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 size of him and, and perhaps needed to bulk up a little bit for the championship, I think that is a little bit of a problem because he probably is a little bit lightweight um, in that sense. But I agree. If you if you're if you're a number ten, how many number tens in world football are asked to continuously track back? And I, I can't imagine there'd be many of them. Exactly. So um, uh, two. Sorry, Stan. We've got two questions. Two. But it's coming from people. Let me just get these messages in. Miss Parkhorn said the Academy boys have belief, but over the past few weeks I've read on people saying playing in the development games aren't championship games and they're not ready for the first team. But you see them be scooped up by other clubs. It's happened before. And then um you've uh you've, Yvonne has basically said, remember Cherno Samba, the um the most famous championship manager player that was one it, but she said uh, the most expensive teenager and what happened to him. Fred Miracle was 16, fans on his back at 18. I fear for the youngsters today. I get that, and and I understand that. But and this is this is my my thing with essay and and a lot of the points that have been raised since Joe Edwards come in. He got he got minutes against um, Sheffield Wednesday. I think we were three 0 up, but he still got minutes against them. And since then, and someone might be able to correct me if I'm wrong here, but I don't think he's 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 played more. I don't think he's played in any other game apart from 10 minutes against Coventry when we were already 2-0 down. Um, I don't think he's played any real football in the first team. Now, again, if if Edwards doesn't think he's good enough or doesn't think he wants the, the, the job, that's what he's paid for. He's paid to make those decisions. However, I don't like the fact that we have used what? maybe 20 players under 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 Joe Edwards. Um, I mean, some of them have been sub-appearances and you, you, you two goalkeepers and whatnot. Everybody else seems to be getting an opportunity in their proper positions for the most part. I think Amaku probably is a centre-forward so he, and he hasn't had that many opportunities as an out-and-out striker. But 
if other players are not currently doing it in their current in the current team and are not are not impacting games, and you've got someone, so the only player really that sat on the bench that isn't getting an opportunity in his right game in his right position, that's the thing that frustrates me the most. I, I I was tweeting about it the other night. I I don't know if SA is the saviour. I don't know if Amaku's the saviour. Adam Malachi is the saviour. I really, really don't know. However, if those boys are picked in the first team, whether they're playing Leicester, whether they're playing QPR, whether they're playing Gillingham in a friendly, I will back them and I would give them time. Amaku, let's be honest, hasn't really taken his opportunities that he's had. Again, playing out wide, which I don't think is his natural position. But I still want to see him get an opportunity. I still want him to be given a chance to to show maybe some of the senior pros that if you're not going to do it, I will. And again, that might not work. It, it, it may not work. But SA is SA is um, it's a very curious position with him, you know, there's a lot of talk. There's a lot of rumours. I'm not going to get into any of that. But for me, you've got a player that has bags of potential that could potentially be a match winner. And when you're not winning games of football, he should at least be getting some game time, whether it's 20 minutes off the bench or you give him an hour to start a game. I get there's a, there's two sides to the argument with the under-21s and it's different to first-team football. But for me, there should just be an opportunity for him to at least show us and Edwards and the coaching staff, what he can do in a pressure situation. Can, can I can I just come in and say something? A couple of a, a couple of points. You can teach someone kind of how to defend. You can teach him to defend like the Millwall way, the Alan Duns or or whatever you want to call it. You know, Keith Keith Stevens, Barry Kitchener. You can teach him that. What you can't teach a footballer, and I so agree with the guy that spoke a couple of minutes ago, you can't teach a footballer to drop his shoulder, go left, move right, drag the ball away, all the things that can SA, that SA can do that are skillful and artful, are creative. I don't know anyone else in the team that could actually do that. So why not give this kid a chance? And his natural position is absolutely number 10. And, you know, you talk about, oh, they've got a bulk, bulk out and everything. Lionel Messi is five foot nothing. How, how, big, how big is he? And Christian, you know what? I wasn't always running back, yeah. his right back and his left back. Use what we've got. Use the assets that we've got. And the assets that we've got, and I agree with Stephen, and Mark, who's a centre forward, and when I've seen him play as a centre forward, and, you know, pull the kid on one side, say you're going to get a run, you're going to get a couple of games, show me what you can do. When you get 15, 20 minutes, it's really difficult because you think to yourself, especially these young boys, I've got 15 minutes, I can't fuck up. But when you think about that, invariably, opportunity. you cannot teach someone how to dance around two or three men. And the only people in that normal sport that do that is F.A. and Marco and probably what more, if, you know, whether you like him or not. That's it. Well, that's it. Well, S.A.'s... Um text message and he said every fan would prefer to see SA or Maku over Longmore, Longman or Campbell who are Absolutely. other players other class players um, and I think that's it I mean my Stephen anything you want to say fellow because we might as well look at I, I don't think there's anything better to say really for there we'll come to you and do what you want to say yeah if, just if just um, you know I think there's a lot of people um, have been to, to games, travel up and down the country or they go to home games or whatever whatever they do. And at the moment, 
the the patience of the supporters and the fan base is 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 wearing very very thin, and performances like today really, you know, they don't really give you much hope and much um, much much to look forward to moving forward. However, I, I I would say, and it's this is just my opinion, and people can tweet me, they can message me, and you can disagree with me as much as you like. I think we have to try and stick with Joe Edwards for for at least a prolonged spell i think we have to give him the transfer window to try and bring in a couple of players to to um to give him at least a couple of options that that are his players that maybe are able to play that he wants to play um it's difficult and i, I just hope that for for everyone that's listening and all and you know all the supporters um merry christmas enjoy yourselves today and the last couple of weeks have been a bit naff but try and forget about the football if you can and uh, be ready to go again on Boxing Day because Boxing Day is now absolutely huge. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you there. And it is, and, and I, I, um, I repeat his message really. Basically, I would like to take this chance to wish every single one of you um, who've listened to us for the first time, maybe a couple of times, or, or maybe you've listened to us um, for the last year or so, um, Merry Christmas to you and many thanks for, for tuning in and uh, and listening to our bollocks um, each and every episode we do. And, um, and yeah, thank you for everyone who's got involved. Thank you for Stephen always um, who comes on to speak sense and Romando, Romano, Romano, Raimondo, who, um, who comes on as well. And, and obviously the other guys who've come on over the, the past year on the spaces and stuff. And uh, yeah, I wish you all, uh, happy Christmas. Have some nice time with your family. Obviously, Boxing Day, we go again. Um, and hopefully, we can uh, we can get a result, maybe, and uh, and start looking at we can turn this tide. Um, Christmas means a lot to everyone, and, and obviously, some of you are going through um, the first Christmas with a loss of someone, forced with you guys as well. But look, it's time to have a, a day off, I suppose. Have some beers, have some times with the family, and uh, and we'll be back after uh, the Boxing Day. Well, I won't say what it is, but yeah, we're 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 fingers crossed and hope that we get the result we get, and uh, and we we'll go from there. But we'll be back on YouTube uh, after then. So uh, speak to you all after Christmas, and uh, yeah, that's it. Thanks, Stephen. Thanks, Stephen, and thanks, Raymond Lee. Uh, we're off. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.